There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, August 22nd. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, rocket technology tested in Mississippi is set to launch a new series of missions to the moon. We talk Artemis One. Then, a state agency's plan to get Wi-Fi service to those in need. Plus, the National Economic Council responds to the latest job numbers. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. It's been nearly 50 years since Apollo 17 astronauts left the lunar surface. It was the last time the U.S. sent a manned mission to the moon. But engineers at NASA are in final preparations to begin a new series of space flights that aim to return there. It begins with Artemis One and the rocket technology tested at the Stennis Space Center in Mississippi. NASA engineer Tristan Mooney shares more with our Kobe Vance. This is a moon rocket that is going to eventually carry humans uh, into lunar orbit, although those will be on future Artemis flights. Uh, The Artemis 1 mission is intended to test out the rocket for the first time um, because this is the the first launch. It's uh, not going to have a crew on board, although there will be an instrumented mannequin. Uh, So this is really our only opportunity to fly this vehicle without a crew, so we're really interested to, you know, demonstrate that the rocket is going to perform really well. What role has Stennis played over the past few years in getting ready for this first launch? Stennis has played a really central role in preparing for the Artemis One mission. And the core stage of the SLS rocket is really the backbone of it. Uh, the core stage is the big orange cylinder in the center of the rocket. The two solid rocket boosters are attached on either side and the upper stage and the Orion capsule are above it. But uh, the core stage is really the backbone, and Stennis has uh, tested the stage and has also tested the engines. How does tests go? Uh, so the engine tests are conducted on the A1 test stand, and uh, the A1 test stand tests uh, single RS-25 engines. Uh, the RS-25 engines are... Um, essentially a kind of modernized version of the space shuttle main engines. The, uh, those single-engine tests uh, were successful, and uh, then the engines were put on the core stage, and 
the core stage itself was brought to the B2 test stand, and it was tested. Uh, it ran the full duration. We tried to you know, test like we fly, so we made sure to uh, run the test for the entire duration that the core stage is expected to actually burn to, to get to space, a, a full eight minutes. And that test ended up going uh, really well. I mean, there were you know, technical hurdles. There were you know, times that we had to deal with you know, the COVID pandemic and hurricanes and things like that. But uh, in the end, I'm really glad that you know, Stennis was able to put its seal of approval on this flight hardware and that this hardware has been tested really thoroughly before it gets to the launch pad. Is there any significance about being able to do this in Mississippi that you see or um, that NASA sees as an overall strategic location? Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a couple of things that are very significant about Stennis. Uh, first of all, there is access to the uh, Gulf and you know water access. So the core stage was actually brought in on a barge, uh, the, the Pegasus barge, and uh, it's, it's really important to be able to, to bring in and out uh, really big uh, things like that uh, via water. And second, uh, Stennis has a buffer zone that is, I believe it's roughly 15 miles uh, in diameter, and uh, this is an acoustic uh, buffer zone. So uh, people don't live in this buffer zone, and uh, you know, it's mostly empty, empty forest, uh, that sort of thing. So that allows us to perform extremely loud uh, rocket tests that, you know, would annoy the neighbors if there were any. So that's one of the big assets. And then I would say that the other thing that, that Stennis has that, that's really unique is it, its test stands. The test stands at Stennis, these are really unique uh, pieces of infrastructure. I mean, kind of on par with, like, the vehicle assembly building that they have uh, at, at uh, Kennedy Space Center. The B-2 test stand, for example, where the core stage was tested, that's a really unique capability to be able to test a stage this large and not only just have it ignite, but you can keep it going for the full duration. You can test out uh, gimbling, you know, being able to point the engines in, in different directions. And it would be difficult to find anywhere else that you could do this sort of thing. I mean, without this capability, you'd have to test well, you flew, and, I mean, you don't want to find out you have a problem while you're flying. You want to find out you have a problem on the ground when you can then correct things. The Artemis One rocket has been set up in Florida. They're uh, getting ready to launch later this month or early in September. Those are the launch windows currently, I believe. I wanted to get your yeah, thoughts yeah. on having played a, having Stennis played a role in that. Um, what, how are you all feeling? I think that uh, Stennis has very carefully tested the engines and the stage uh, used for the core stage, and the amount of, of detail that we put into our work, I mean, everything was very carefully documented. All the paperwork was, you know, we, we, we made sure to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and um, I really am comfortable with how we, we did everything very carefully, methodically, and thoroughly. And I really believe that Everybody else that was working on, you know, the other components like the, the boosters, the upper stage, uh, things like that, will have also done their work in that manner. And NASA's really treating this as, you know, the, the only opportunity to launch an SLS rocket without a crew. So we really need to make sure that this is a successful mission, and I really think it will be. I know this is going to be a astronomical question, but can you put it into perspective how these rockets will compare to the ones of the past? This is 
I believe this is the SLS rocket is going to have the uh, most thrust at takeoff, I believe, of any rocket that's uh, ever been successful. The core stage, I believe, is the, the tallest stage that has ever been built. And this rocket is something that there's really very few things you can compare it to. Uh, probably the Saturn V that uh, took us to the moon uh, back in the, the 1960s and 70s would be, would be what it could be best compared to. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to share with Mississippians when it comes to you know, the role of Stennis in this project or the future of space travel because of the you know, testing that has been able to be done at Stennis? I think that the future of space travel is really looking bright. It's been 50 years since we went to the moon, and I think that it's high time that we go back, and I think that it's amazing that we're going to put the uh, first woman and first person of color on the moon uh, coming up soon, and uh, I'm really glad that Venice has been an important part of uh, testing the engines and the stages that are going to take us there. And I hope that people listening to this know. I hope that people listening to this uh, know that anybody who wants to get involved, um, if there's younger folks listening to this, if you want to pursue uh, STEM careers, the aerospace industry is a, is a pretty broad industry. There's uh, a lot of people that, that work at NASA and a lot of people that work at the at NASA's uh, contractors, NASA's partners that uh, that uh, build a lot of this hardware, uh, and it's a really interesting uh, industry to get into, and it's a really nice time to get involved in it, given uh, what we're going to be doing with the Artemis program coming up soon. Tristan Mooney is a NASA engineer. Tristan, thank you for talking with us today. Coming up, a state agency's plan to get Wi-Fi service to those in need. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Running water, telephone lines, the electric grid, all were milestone infrastructure investments during the 20th century that modernized and connected the nation. In the 21st century, broadband and Wi-Fi have become the latest essential utilities in a world that is increasingly digital. The Affordable Connectivity Program from the Department of Human Services is designed to help underserved Mississippians get connected. We talked to agency spokesperson Mark Jones. We understand that that broadband is an important component to connecting students as they return to the classroom so that they can excel in their studies. The connected households are also important as students develop, uh, as we prepare students and families to be in the workforce, because many people, as we've learned through the pandemic, that Internet at the home is necessary not only for lifelong learning, but also uh, important to the workforce. And so this program um, is hopefully 
uh, one option to con- help connect low-income families in Mississippi, those that qualify, to affordable Internet. So um, it promotes excellence in the classroom as well as the growth of our workforce. Is this something that you um, pursued through the Federal Communications Commission because they have the affordable connectivity program? You reach out to them? Well, they are, they are, the FCC already had the program running, and we recognized that to be eligible, uh, you, if you are all on SNAP, Medicaid, Federal Housing Assistance, SSI, WIC, or Lifeline, that you automatically qualify or you qualify for, for this program. And again, we, we want our, our clients that we serve um, through those, those programs that MDHS administers to know that this is available. Uh, you know, connectivity um, is important uh, for, for healthy education, healthy families um, you know, from a connectivity standpoint, from a workforce standpoint. And so you know, we believe it's our responsibility to make sure that people are aware of the programs that benefit Mississippians and also benefit Mississippi's workforce. This is something that has been talked about by um, the Public Service Commission, other um, agencies, some state lawmakers, because Mississippi is rural and there are a lot of areas that struggle with connectivity. Do you know if you have clients in rural areas that have been able to take advantage of this? Uh, we're still continuing to track it. Uh, this is the first that we've been able to, that we've um, shared these resources. But um, again, we're trying to share the fact that the information, that the program is out there and um, just make uh, clients aware. And we encourage them to contact their broadband provider. Again, if they live in a more rural area, many of the electrical cooperatives with the PSC have worked to expand, and BEAM have worked to expand that broadband. So connect. You know, if you're wondering about the program and the availability of broadband Internet, uh, contact your local, the local provider in your area. And uh, day by day, there's deeper reach into rural areas in Mississippi. What is BEAM? BEAM is the Office of Broadband Expansion and Accessibility of Mississippi. It's an office um, with the state. In terms of helping clients with this, is there a limit or an amount of time that they can use this program? Are there any limitations at all, or can once they get the discount continue until the foreseeable future. As long as they are eligible for the programs that we list in the press release, income that is at 200% of the federal poverty guidelines, participate in SNAP, Medicaid, other forms of assistance, SSI, WIC, Uh, if they're on free and reduced price lunch, as long as they meet those eligibility criteria, it provides up to $30 a month towards their broadband service. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that is important about this? Most importantly, again, contact your local Internet service provider to inquire about the Affordable Connectivity Program or go to affordableconnectivity.gov to submit an application. And for more information, you can visit fcc.gov slash ACP, and you can learn more about Affordable Connectivity Again, Mississippi Department of Human Services, not only we, while we don't administer this program, we're trying to make our 
um, clients are uh, aware of it, but there are on the MDH website at mdhs.ms.gov. Other, there's other information about the utility assistance programs like energy assistance, water assistance, gas utility assistance. So uh, there are other resources. This is just one that we're trying to make uh, people aware of. All righty. Mark Jones with the Department of Human Services. Thank you so much for uh, sharing this information with us about the program. Thank you, Desiree. Coming up, the National Economic Council responds to the latest job numbers. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi is one of seven states experiencing record low unemployment rates. Last month, the state reported a rate of 3.8 percent, which is more than 11 points lower than April 2020. That's when jobless claims reached all-time highs due to shutdowns and restrictions from the coronavirus pandemic. Now economists at the White House say there are indications the job market is rebounding better than ever in parts of the country. Samira Fasili is deputy director of the National Economic Council. She tells our Michael Guidry the state is following some national trends in job growth. Mississippi isn't alone here, and I think what we're seeing around the country is signs that the president's economic plan is working uh, last month, we saw the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. We matched the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. We created um, over half a million jobs last month. And uh, the president came into office committed to building an economy that worked from the bottom up and middle out. Um, and these job creation numbers and these low unemployment numbers show that it's worked to get people back to work in record numbers and in record time. You talk about job growth and, and the number of jobs created. We know that coming out of the pandemic and you know the summer of 2021, where that's about when a lot of places, a lot of states, a lot of uh, localities and municipalities began easing their restrictions. And I know the, some of the job recovery was where those jobs that were lost or kind of suspended during the pandemic. What is the difference between job growth then and job growth a year later? And what kind of jobs are we producing now? We are seeing um, employment kind of return back and even supersedes pre We've had like some of the largest growth in manufacturing employment um, on record. We've seen transportation, warehousing, logistics come back. Um, and these are all sectors of the economy that um, are, are higher wage sectors of the economy, which is a, a promising sign there for our families that are looking for not just a job, but a quality job and a way to get ahead. 
And you mentioned the the quality of job and especially the high paying jobs and where we're seeing, you know, at least nationally, some of these this, this job growth is occurring. Um, in Mississippi, we are seeing companies come in. Um, they are uh, they they are creating job opportunities, but Mississippi does not have a minimum wage above the federal minimum wage. There is some conversation um, within the legislature and within Congress to elevate the federal minimum wage to require states like Mississippi to move up. What's the climate for doing that on the federal level, and how will that how will that in turn impact you know job growth and other economic factors? Yeah. You know, one of the strategies the president put in place to try to help is to increase the um, the number of quality jobs in America and put in place um, strategic investments in sectors that um, produce quality jobs and higher wage jobs. And so um, last year, uh, he passed a bipartisan infrastructure law and the, the jobs in the sectors that are going to support infrastructure implementation are higher wage jobs in things like construction and engineering. And then just last month, we passed the Chips and Science Law, which will make investments in semiconductor manufacturing um, and research and development um, and is designed to um, strengthen manufacturing so we can make more here in America. So the and and then last week, you saw us pass the Inflation Reduction Act, and just this week, the president signed that into law. So that will, again, expand uh, clean energy jobs, which, again, these energy production jobs are higher wage, higher quality um, jobs in America. So our focus is on um, making smart investments on the supply side of our economy to expand the supply of um, of, of quality jobs as part of an effort to um, provide more opportunity and higher wages for families. And what is the plan for how those jobs uh, will be created, where they will be uh, concentrated? Do we know where we're going to see those jobs concentrated? Do we, do we have, is there, is there a plan to, uh, uh, to invest in strategic places and where does Mississippi fit in that plan? Great question. Um, and, what we're essentially teed up now to do as a country is because of this president, his vision and his leadership really come together as a country to rebuild. And that rebuilding effort means that the private sector and and local communities, as well as the state, federal and local governments now have a set of tools that allow us all to work together to raise job standards, uh, raise job quality, um, lower prices for consumers because the uh, Inflation Reduction Act has a variety of um, tax credits and rebates that allows households to um, to more to uh, adopt um, energy efficient technologies and appliances um, and cars um, and come together as a country to rebuild, which um, I think is really a welcome for many in America after the divisive years that we just went through as a country. Um, we now have the opportunity to just be pragmatic, roll up our sleeves, and work together. That was Samira Facilli, Deputy Director of the National Economic Council. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.